Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Hey, today we have a very special guest, and I am so thrilled to introduce Marcos Witt to you. Marcos is originally from San Antonio, Texas, uh, but he grew up with his family in Durango, Mexico, to missionary parents. And he is today the most influential musical artist for the church in all of Latin America and among Spanish-speaking American Christians. Yes. Marcos is a singer and songwriter in in addition to being a pastor, and he's recorded more than 30 albums with multiple million copies of his records sold around the world. Throughout his career, he's received multiple Latin Grammy Awards, Billboard Awards, and Dove Awards. He's also a best-selling author of 13 books. And I'm so thankful for you to have the opportunity to hear him as well. He is a gifted communicator with a passion for worship, and today he's going to bless all of us. And I want you to give a great, enthusiastic First Orlando welcome to Marcos Witt. Marcos, you come. Buenos dias. <laughs> Buenos dias. So I will try very hard to uh, speak a little English (laughs) to you this morning. Nah, I'm just messing with you. I I did that one time at a a church and there's this lady sitting about right here. I heard her out loud go, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. And the question I want to ask you is, why do we worship? Why, why, we just got through spending a beautiful time worshiping God. And boy, the, the baptisms, <laughs> those broke me. How beautiful was that, right? I think we could give another round of applause. Wow. Families together. And why do we spend time singing? And and why do we spend time clapping or raising our hands? Is it because it's just part of our Christian tradition? Well, it's a great tradition, but that's not really the reason. Is it because it's become just part of our liturgy? It's what we do. We have to fill a program. Well, no, that's not the real reason either. It's a good reason. Or is it because we're just making a little time to allow for all the latecomers to get in and find their seats? You know who you are. Uh, That's not the reason either. One of the main reasons and one of the privileges I've had over my years of ministry is to help uh, help people understand that the Father is still seeking worshipers. Look at the scripture in John 4, 23. Jesus said, For the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is looking 
for those. You see, when you're looking for something, it's because there's a lack. When you go to the store and looking for bread, it's because there's a lack of bread. Or you're looking for milk. You need to get more milk. Or, or like in our house, almost every day we're looking for my wife's phone. When I read this scripture, I was about 17 years old, and it just hit me. Why would God have to look for people to worship him? There should be a surplus of worshipers, and yet God is still looking. I wonder if he were to look over here in this section, would he find anybody who'd say, yeah, I'll worship you? Any? a few. <laughs> I wonder if he'd come over here in this section, what do you find? Did y'all hear that? All right, that's good. Oh, over there too. Now, now you guys have, you guys have the opportunity to just bring the house out. <laughs> All right. All right, hey. So, in all fairness, let's give them a chance. I kind of snuck up on them, right? right? So come back over here. I wonder if anybody would say, I'd be a worshiper. Of- <laughs> so this morning, <laughs> wow. So this morning, I want to give you three reasons, just three. I don't know if you're aware, but worship and praise is the second most talked about subject in all of the Bible. There are so many scriptures, and there are so many reasons to worship God. But today, I'm going to focus on three. I'm going to ask you a favor. Take something out and write it down. If you have a smartphone, you could write it in there. Or even if your phone isn't very smart, write it in in that phone. Right? Because tomorrow you're going to go, what were those reasons Pastor Marcos gave? And you're going to remember them. So reason number one, just write the word thankfulness. Just write the word thankfulness. We worship to help keep our thankfulness in check. You see, thankfulness leaks. Just... Generally speaking in life, you're you're standing in in line at a a large department store and you've got your your items in your cart and you're standing in this line and I don't know if it happens to you, but you're looking and there's, there's, there's 30 cash registers and there's only three working. And thankfulness just leaked. Does that happen to anybody here? Or just on, how about Interstate 4? Has thankfulness ever leaked? <laughs> I, know, I know some Christians, they come in here and worship, you know, because of Christ, I am alive. And they go out into the parking lot and thankfulness leaks just right out in the parking lot of First Baptist. Thankfulness has a way of leaking. So, worship helps keep our thankfulness tank filled up. Look at some of these scriptures. Psalms chapter 100, verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
Now, if you'll think this through, the psalmist is literally letting us know that the only way to get into God's presence is through the doorway of thanksgiving, of thankfulness. There's no other way to get in. You have to come in through thanksgiving. Now, I know every one of you want to go into the presence of the Lord and, and be in the presence of the Lord. How do I know that? You're here. You all, we all want to be in his presence, but it starts off with being thankful. Father, thank you for the breakfast I had this morning, or in the case of some of you, the one you're about to have. Father, thank you that there's gasoline in my tank, <coughs> even though it's a little expensive. <laughs> Father, thank you for the clothes you allowed me to wear. Thank you for my family. Can anybody in here think of something you're thankful for? You see, when we worship, we declare our thankfulness to God. That declaration goes out into the atmosphere. We hear it. It comes back in through our ears and sinks back into our spirit. Our spirit's about right in here somewhere. Okay, that's why some of us are a little more spiritual. <laughs> Say amen, bro, right down here on the front row. Some of us <laughs> are more spiritual than others. You see, we worship God to remind ourselves how great God is. We need to hear ourselves saying, Thank you, God. You know, one, one thing that, that you need to think about is there will not be any gripers or complainers in heaven. Can you imagine somebody in heaven walking around going, these streets of gold are full of gold dust everywhere. Can you imagine somebody going to the, to, the, to the Lamb's Supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb's, and they've run out of enchiladas. How is that possible? No. Those of us who will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, it doesn't matter what's being served. We're going to be thankful. We're going to be grateful. We're going to be excited. We're going to be happy. Any thankful people here this morning? Look at this scripture. Psalms 118 verses 19 and 20. It says, open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in. Everyone say, go in. And thank the Lord, these gates lead to the presence of the Lord and the godly enter there. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. You see, when we sing it, we hear ourselves sing it. And it comes back into our spirit and it reminds us to be thankful. I learned to play the piano at a very young age because in my house, if you wanted to eat, you had to play the piano. And as all of you can clearly see, I like to eat. That's how come I play the piano so good. 
It was my mom's rules. And this was one of my mom's favorite songs. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Do you know this song? And now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Give Him thanks. We give him thanks We give him thanks Oh, if you didn't give Jesus that clap, let him hear it stronger from you, come on <laughs> So I told you I was going to give you three. What's the first one? Great. Number two. Number two, just write the word perspective. I'm going to explain this to you in a moment. Perspective. We worship God to help keep things in perspective. The one thing I know about every person in this room is that you're going through some kind of challenge. We have this in common, you know. We all go through challenges. We all have situations we're dealing with. Some of you are dealing with situations that are, to be honest, quite difficult. There's probably some of you in here dealing with relationship challenges. Others dealing with health challenges. Probably family challenges, work-related challenges. I don't know what your challenges are, but we all have challenges. And one of the things that tends to happen is we focus in on our challenges so much that they become bigger than they actually are. They become larger than they actually are. And, 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 and we lose perspective. And worship helps us to refocus our attention and get perspective. You need to understand that God is greater than any challenge that you or I could have. God is bigger than any sickness you might be going through. God is bigger than any mother-in-law situation you might be. I don't know why people tell mother-in-law jokes. My wife doesn't like me telling mother-in-law jokes because she is a mother-in-law. And she says, I'm a good mother. And my mother-in-law's been great. But it doesn't matter what kind of challenge you're going through. This is true in every situation. God is greater. God is larger. God has the answer to each and every challenge we may be facing today. And worship, worship helps us keep that perspective. 
I have a simple little illustration I'm going to use for you this morning. I have right here in my hand, it's just a small little cap of a, of a bottle. Oops, I almost lost it. Now this represents our challenges. When you, when you look at everything, it doesn't look very big, right? It's kind of, kind of small. But as human beings, we tend to focus in our challenges so much. We're trying to figure them out. How can I do this? We start reading books about it. We listen to podcasts on how we can get rid of this problem. And we bring the problem in so far that before long, the only thing we can see, and it's blocking our visibility, is our challenge. Now, with just one challenge brought in too much, you're already out of focus. But what happens with challenges is they are like relatives. They always come in pairs. <laughs> or if you're a Latino, they come in truckloads. You know, <laughs> truckloads of family. <laughs> All the Latinos go, oh man, what's, what's the joke? There's no joke there, that's just a fact. So you've already got one you're dealing with and here comes another one and you start focusing on that. Look what happens before too long, all you can see are your problems. And this is the stage in life where people say crazy things like this. Where is God? I don't see God, he's not anywhere around here. Well, of course you can't see God. You know why? You're only looking at your problems. And it's in this stage that people do crazy things like fall off the edge. Am I close to the edge? Yeah, I just felt it right there. <laughs> because you're looking at your problems. Some of you are all worried about me falling off the edge. And that's your life. You're looking so much at your problems, you start stumbling, you start following, falling, you start tripping up because you can't see clearly. What happens when we worship is this. We'll sing a song like, how great is our God? And your problem goes, whoop. How great is our God? And the other problem goes, whoop. And all of a sudden, you can see God and not your problems. That's why we worship. Now, do you think God's forgotten how great he is? Can you imagine God hearing you sing, how great is our God? And God's going, oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> no, God hasn't forgotten he's great. He knows he's great. You have forgotten. I have forgotten how great he is. So I worship to keep my perspective clear and remind myself. You see, the phrase goes out into the atmosphere, comes back into my ears, hits me again in the spirit, and I remind myself God is bigger than my problem. God is bigger than my lack. God is bigger than my need. That's why we worship. So let's practice it real quick. How great 
is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all oh, will see how great, how great is our God. Now, some of you need to sing this this morning with faith in your heart, you see, because you're dealing with situations. So let those situations stand by the wayside for just a few minutes and watch God get great. He is worthy of all praise. I don't know the rest of the lyrics in English. My heart will say, have a rest. got one last one. We're going to go to lunch. <laughs> you can tell what's on my mind already, huh? So what was number one? Number two? Number three. I just want you to write it down like this. Armies. You see, because worship releases the armies of the Lord to fight for you. Because let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, some of our challenges, we can't fight them ourselves. They're bigger than our understanding. They're larger than our capability of dealing with them. So what do we need? We need God to fight for us. You and I need God to fight for us. Now, the Bible calls him the Lord of hosts, plural. A host means an army. God doesn't have one army. God has lots of armies. Did you know he has an army to fight for you individually? And he has armies that will fight for your marriage. He has armies that will fight for your children. Some of you need armies to fight for your children this morning. He has armies to fight for your health, for your family. He has armies to fight for your city for your county, for your church. God has armies. And when we release those armies in the spiritual realm, great things can happen. Psalm 68, 
verse 1 says, let God arise and his enemies will scatter from before him. Now, the one word that's very interesting in this scripture for me is this word let. In other words, it takes an action on your part and my part. It's something we release. God's looking at you going, man, I wish I could fight for you. Man, would you stop fighting for yourself and let me fight for you? You see, every now and then God looks over the balconies of heaven. He sees you down there fighting, trying to do it all in your own strength. And, and the armies of the Lord are waiting. They're just like, can I go fight for them? No, they're fighting for themselves down there. I'm just waiting. Just waiting for them to stop fighting. All of a sudden, the Lord sees you, put your hands in the air and go, Lord, I, I just can't anymore. And God goes, yeah. And he says, Sick them, boys, and they get down there and they get to fight for you. Folks, there are some situations that only God can turn around in your life. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Only God can turn it around. You can't, I can't, but God can. That's why worship is one of the greatest expressions of faith. Because when we raise our hands and we say, man, God, all I can do is depend on you. I don't know what else to do. God says, I'll do the rest. Amen. When you worship, you show faith. You see, this morning, God knows each and every one of your situations. And he's looking around this morning and he saw a couple of you. And he knows what you're going through. And he saw you singing the song, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's because of Christ I am alive. And, and, and God looked at you and swole up in pride. And he gave Gabriel, you know, the archangel, he gave him, uh, he gave him a punch in the ribs. And he said, you, you, see my, you see my kids down there? They're, they're singing to me. <laughs> Look at that. And Gabriel goes, orale. <laughs> Gabriel's Hispanic. You're kidding me. <laughs> and God sees your situation and he says, Gabriel, do you know who Gabriel is? Gabriel is the archangel, the messenger angel. He says, Gabe, send him a message. Tell him everything's going to be all right. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in worship singing with the choir and the orchestra? You have live brass at First Baptist. You have, I haven't seen live brass in, in, in an orchestra since before the pandemic. This is the first day I saw it. I'm telling you, you guys are blessed to have that. That was amazing what was going on up there. Oh, come on, give them a better thanks than that. They work hard at that. <laughs> I know what they want to take. And, and, and then all of a sudden, have you ever been in worship where you're listening to the songs and all of a sudden down here in your spirit, you just know, mm, I'm going to be okay. Has that ever happened to anybody? Let me see your hand. Has it, did it happen to you this morning? That's God showing up and telling you, you're going to be all right. I'm going to fight for you. Just keep singing. Stop fighting. Especially on Facebook, stop it. <laughs> I'm gonna fight for you, just, just rest. 
And then he sends the archangel, the messenger angel, and you feel it down here. Mm. I'm going to be okay. I don't even know how. I don't know why. I don't know who. I don't know when. But I'm going to be okay. Now, the second part of this is even better. Because on the other side of the throne is Michael, the archangel of war. And he turns to Michael and says, Mikey, use your imagination a little bit. Come on, man. He says, I want you to grab some armies and go fight for Joe up there, he needs help. Go fight for Susan over there, she needs help. Go fight for Pepe over there, he needs help. Go fight for Maria because she needs help, boom, you know? Go, go help her out. And all of a sudden, while you've been in here, just with your hands raised, your heart raised to heaven, your song raised to heaven, God's been out there fighting battles for you. And when you get home today, you're gonna notice that the tide of the battle has turned around in your favor because God's fighting now. God's gonna fight for you. God's fighting for you. I don't have the time to go through all the scriptures in the Bible where while the people just sang and played instruments, God confused the enemy. He came in and fought and, and, and great battles were won just when people were singing. I believe that holds true today. And while you sing in here, and this is how I'm gonna end. We're just gonna sing and we're gonna let God fight. And while we sing, your Thanksgiving tank is gonna fill back up. Hmm? Your perspective is gonna get clear. Your problems are gonna become smaller. And God's gonna fight for you. Mi corazón entona esta canción cuán grande es él cuán grande es él do you recognize this him then sings my soul my Savior God to thee
big ending. Get a lot of air, get a lot of air. Thou art. Come on, give Jesus that clap. Thank you, First Baptist. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.